What is integrity? It's defined as moral soundness, genuineness, wholeness, and incorruptible character. It includes our beliefs, the way we think and speak, and of course, the way we act, especially when no one is watching. It's being honest with ourselves, others, and God. When we have integrity, we live by our beliefs. We live by our beliefs. We don't just, there's a lot of people that'll die for what they believe, but they won't live for what they believe. We want to be those that live the truths of the gospel and not conforming to the culture that's around us. A person without integrity, you've been around them. You may have worked for somebody without integrity. You may have had a boss or a manager, or you may have had a coworker or a family member that has lied and perhaps stolen or ripped you off, whatever. But to live a life without integrity is to live like a chameleon that always changes colors according to the environment that they're placed in. A person with integrity knows the joy of living with a clean conscience. Ultimately, there are countless uh, examples of Christian leaders. There is a drought of godly men and women of integrity that can't be bought. They can't be enticed like Joseph, the young, handsome guy, Potiphar's wife, enticed him day after day. It wasn't just one little tryst. It was over and over. That chick was trying to pull him down. And what character Joseph exemplified. And we can all uh, respect that. And on the other hand, you have a king like David, who in when he should have been out to battle, chose comfort and self-comfort and noticed Bathsheba in the story. I don't need to go into details. However, when you come to Israel with me, I show you the balcony. She's not there anymore, so you can look over it. But the city of David is so cool. I call it the balcony. I think it is, but who knows where he looked down and it could see another man's wife bathing. But money is a temptation. Among pastors, you have the saying, the girls, the gold, and the glory. If you fail in any of those, you failed. In other words, sexual purity and finances, being honest and faithful as you steward a ministry's finances, and then the glory, that you don't take it for yourself. You don't presume that you're the mega star, the mega anointed person. And those three pitfalls have taken many mighty ones down. All right, so let's take integrity in our beliefs. I respect Daniel. <clears throat> I really honor that prophet of Daniel who was taken as a slave. He was taken as a captive and then promoted in Babylon, the story, and God honored him. He was faithful. God promoted Daniel. He was given in captivity. He was given great favor with the king and interpreted dreams and was the chief of the Magi, etc. But when he was given the choice of praying to Babylon's God, bowing down before an idol, or to be cast into a lion's den, he chose the lions. So by the way, the real Daniel fast was the lions. They were the ones that fasted, not Daniel. But anyway, Daniel stood firm. He stood to his beliefs. What you believe is what you are in secret. What you are in private 
is what you really believe. This is why the identity teaching that schools of ministry, and we got it from Bethel to IHOP to all over the world, we've got wonderful teaching on knowing who you are, knowing your identity. But we've got to go past knowing it, but now living it. You are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. Therefore, we follow the footsteps of our Savior. We love and honor Jesus Christ. So to truly be a person of integrity means to hold your beliefs intact and to live it out when people are looking and applauding you or when people malign you and forget about you. Whether you're on, in the palace or in the prison, Joseph remained faithful. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were commanded to kneel down and bow before the golden, alder, golden idol, but they too refused. And enraged the story, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. Would you choose death rather than bowing down? That's what I'm talking about. The martyr's faith, the martyr's integrity, that they'd rather lay their lives down than to violate what they believe. And there's, there's like teachers that are saying, if you take the mark of the beast, God will forgive you if you recant later. And uh, I, I don't want to get down that rabbit trail very far. Listen, it's time for you to, to, if I could say this, please allow me to say it, man up and be that person God has called you to be and be faithful to your beliefs. When you're around people who malign Jesus and and you don't need to be a jerk, you don't need to... Jesus can defend himself, but don't let it affect you. Don't let that workplace environment, that toxic place where you work, and sadly, maybe with some of you where you live even, don't let that corrupt good morals. So you will not be thrown into a lion's den, nor will you be cast into a fiery furnace. I prophesy that over you. That's a good prophecy. But you will be tested over what you believe. And just with God's grace in your life, just make that eternal commitment. God, I will be faithful to you. I will love you with all my heart, with all my strength, and all my soul. So integrity and in what we believe will, will be revealed in a time of crisis. It's, not, it's more than challenged. It will come out in hiding. It will come out of hiding what you really believe about God. Let's talk about integrity in our thoughts. Uh, I don't know if you think of integrity of something that you think, but the Bible does say that, because as a man thinks, so is he or she. Our thought life is really the genesis of our actions, of our behavior. It all begins, doesn't it, in how we think. I want to focus on the Philippians 4.8 lifestyle, the Philippians 4.8 mindset of thoughts and it's it says there that in the words of Philippians 4:8 that we are to set our mind and think on what is true, noble, pure, lovely, admirable. Think on these things, those six qualities and different translations will render slightly different words, but you might want to check it out in a different translation or two. But look at those concepts and then say God help me to think what is true. When you think about your friends or your spouse, you need to focus on what is lovely about that person, what is admirable, not what is flawed. That will ruin a marriage. That ruins relationships. When we set our minds on what's wrong with somebody, you don't have to look very far with most of us to find a flaw. <laughs> but blessed are you 
when your thoughts are filled with what is pure, virtuous, praiseworthy, excellent about your spouse. My wife and I, years back in Bible college, we made that commitment when we, when we read Philippians 4, 8 in, in Bible college. We said, Let, that's how we're going to live our lives in our relationship with each other. So I try to fill my mind with the most pleasant, glory-filled thoughts of my wife, Candace. And if you've been around us very long, that we think of each other in the highest regard. To honor, to think lovely things doesn't mean I'm a perfect husband or she's a perfect wife, although she comes a lot closer to that ideal than I do. Have our mind, our thoughts. Blessed are you when you can not just bridle your tongue, but you can bridle the thoughts that come out of your mouth. And when Holy Spirit is fully operating in your life as a Jesus-style leader, you're going to have a harness around your thoughts. You're going to have guardrails. You're not going to go past boundaries of what you think, whether it's fantasies, whether it's thinking evil of somebody, suspicion, like some Christians I know have the gift of suspicion, or even undue criticism where you, you're just quick to make judgments of somebody and, and you can pride yourself in being discerning. That's wonderful. But a loveless discernment is not discernment. True discernment finds what is good, pure, lovely. As I've, I've taught this before in, in one of our sessions where discernment is looking for what's good, not for what's evil. It comes from a doxmazo dox is the word. And it comes from a, the concept of what is pleasing. So you're looking for what is pleasing, not what is putrid. So a godly leader's desire for integrity is a longing to both walk and think in the way of Jesus. Integrity in our thoughts is a tether that keeps us from wandering into cul-de-sacs of depression, of evil thinking, suspicion, criticism, whether it's about us or other people. We have a default that it's called Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit that pulls us back. And even recently, I felt breakthrough in my life. I've been a believer 50, 52 years now. But I, I feel a breakthrough in my thoughts of Holy Spirit having a, a tighter reign on my thoughts. And I am grateful. I am so grateful. Because this is where depression, where morose melancholy, where everything's dark around you, a joyless life comes from thoughts that are they're stampeding across the the field of your mind. And you've got to lasso them. You've got to hold them back and, and put some fence and guardrails and say, no, I'm not going to think that about my kids. I've got, we've got three wonderful adult children. They may not always make the decisions that we think they should make, but for me to come and say, God, they are their own person. Thank you for making them not like me <laughs> and bless them. And I'm forcing my thoughts to work into my prayers so that I'm thinking and praying for my kids, things that are pure and lovely, the Philippians 4, 8, those six virtues. That's so important that we have integrity in our thoughts. Every moment, here's what I've written, every moment we have the opportunity to commune with God 
Our meditation must be of him, not the evil around us or what some politician is doing or the latest conspiracy theory or what somebody did to dishonor or devalue us. To think on these things, Philippians 4.8, to think on these things is so important. We have to have the same mindset that was in Christ Jesus, our Lord, a woman of integrity, a man of integrity and godly character understands that the thoughts make who we really are. As a person thinks in their heart, they are, so they will live, so they'll act out those thoughts. To meditate has been fun for me as I translate my thoughts I want to meditate on scripture. And the Hebrew concept of meditation is murmuring. <laughs> you're, you're just, if you're in Israel with me, you'll probably see an Orthodox Jew walking down the street and their lips are moving like they're talking to themselves. They're actually meditating. They're, they're quoting the word of God. They're, they're chewing on it. They're talking to themselves about the scriptures. That's what God said to Joshua. Don't let my word ever depart from your mouth, but speak it, believe it. and let it form your thinking. The fourth point here in our outline, integrity in our words and actions. A godly leader's desire for integrity is to walk in the way of Jesus. It's the life spoken of in 1 Peter, whoever would love life and see good days. Do you love life? Don't you want to see good days? They must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Turning from evil and doing good, they must seek peace and pursue it for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That's not Old Testament. That's not Leviticus, guys. That's Peter, the rock. That, that's New Testament theology. Turning our thoughts from evil and our speech and our words, wow, like I said, I feel like God's making me into a new person in this season of my life. I've always wanted to be pure and holy, and I've sought God 52 years without an intermission. We've, I've not had some crazy fling. I've not ever thrown the Bible against the wall and say, I'm mad at you, God. That's, that's not happened. I love him. But I'm telling you, the last months, he's done something so good in my heart, and I want that to happen into your life as well. And it, you probably, it is, you're probably way ahead of me. I'm not saying it's me, but I'm telling you what he's done is turning my water to wine. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He's bringing the fragrance of lilies and roses to me. And I, I can't dwell on what is wrong and evil. So be careful what you feed yourself with. If we're feeding our thoughts and our emotions with junk and with darkness. No wonder it doesn't embed in our character. So may we be like Daniel. May we be an Esther in this moment. So pure. What a woman of God. Or like Joseph. Even more so like Jesus. That we would, we'd have our words and our actions don't conflict they reveal Christ. Integrity is your best friend. It keeps your priorities right. It keeps you from taking shortcuts. When people around you that you're a person of, of godly integrity, they will open their hearts to you. Why? 
It's called trust. One of the greatest benefits of integrity is trust.